0: two, one. Got Katie Brown LA. That's the word recognition I permanently have in there, but just Katie Brown on. Yeah. How are you?
1: Good. The Katie Brown LA is now passe.
0: Now passe. Why Why so? From the
1: standpoint that it no longer exists. Yeah.
0: It was a clothing brand. Yeah. A very ethical clothing brand, if I have it correct. Yes. And now what are you up to? Real estate. Nice. It is a buyer's market right now, is it not?
1: Sellers. I'm kidding. I'm messing around. I mean, I'm like, yeah. Like, if you buyer? have to pay
0: 20 grand over asking, I don't think it's a buyer's market.
1: Oh, 20 would be low.
0: Yeah, 20 would be low. Well, more than anything, I spoke to my brother because they're like, we're going to sell our house and buy a new one. And he said word for word to me and like my family. He's like, it is a buyer's market out there. Seriously? Not ironically. Yeah. And so now it's been like my going joke. Oh, I'm like,
1: who? Did he... Did he have the wrong term or a misunderstanding? I have no idea. Okay. No idea. He has an economics
0: degree. degree. Oh, okay. It's well, funny. Then he
1: probably understands. It's me, probably he a joke. He must have
0: misspoke. He must have misspoke or something. But <laughs> now it's just the funniest thing ever to say the exact opposite of what's going on. But yeah, and in the meantime, you almost or you did have a CBD um, Zen pouch kind of thing, didn't you? Yeah. Like the pa- snus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you gave that up to go straight into retail, or I mean, uh, real estate.
1: Yeah, so what happened was um, I had the clothing line for eight years and COVID hit and I realized I needed to close it down, which was a very painful come to Jesus moment for me. Um, and I had a friend who had developed this product, the branding and the product itself, which was very enticing to me because it really was many um, people could use as a tobacco alternative, CBD, um, THC also eventually. But... He said to me, you know, if you wanna come on board, I'll give you 50% of the company, you can be CEO, you just take it and run with it, because he didn't know how to do a launch of any kind from a startup to actual revenue. Um, so yeah, I got involved and raised some money and started looking for co-packers and just all the rigmarole that yeah. is involved in starting something from nothing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a beast of its own.
0: That's a nutty position to find yourself in just because of the experience you have where someone can be like, hey, I've built like, most of the thing. Will you take fifty percent of the company and be CEO? Yeah. It's like, well, wow, that's an offer.
1: Well, but the thing is, uh, you know, it, to me, it was um, it was indicative of his awareness that he created a product and a very strong. I loved his branding, um, but had no clue how to take it from concept to execution. Mm. And so, because I had started things, five um, or six
0: restaurants. Eight. Yeah. Five.
1: Five. Nice. <laughs> a couple dozen. <laughs> a couple dozen. I know.
0: It's like the number.
1: <laughs> yeah, no. so, so I know. I, so I've been through that process, which is kind of like, you know, if you have a child, you understand what that means. If you don't have children, you can think you know how to raise kids, but you don't know because yeah. you don't have a kid. So having a startup yeah. and really understanding all the int- intricacies and challenges. Yeah, I was intrigued and I didn't. I knew I didn't want to go work for somebody else. I so I got into that and then I realized, and maybe part of it was the pressures of COVID, I didn't want to start another company. Mm-hmm. I'd already at that point started um, seven. you're Including clothing. restaurants, the yeah. clothing line, and actually eight. So anyway, the point is, is that I realized at this stage of my life, I don't want to have a startup anymore.
0: Nice. It's a good place to be. It was a good place to Kins be. Kenzie yeah. and I have a kid we come up to. Hey, do you want to be CEO of this kid?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because you had
0: one, before, just because you mentioned that. <laughs> yeah. You want to be CEO. Um, so real estate is less of a startup and more of you're joining like a partnership or how does that work? The Seems way that like I describe it.
1: Yeah. I mean, it depends on how you look at it. But the way that I described it that made sense for me is that being the founder of a startup is like being in the Amazon forest mm-hmm. with a machete and you are cutting your own path day after day after day, year after year. It's just always figuring out how to take your company to the next level.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Stepping into real estate, it's a very well-worn path. So I have to figure out my own uh, branding and style, but at this stage of my life, that's not hard. I'm stepping into a business that has been around for a very long time and I just need to learn the logistical specifics and contracts And just go out there and work with people.
0: Yeah. Do you like working with commercial or more uh, residential? residential. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Screw screw commercial. Screw commercial. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, No, it's funny because a lot of people in like our generation are kind of honestly getting to the point where like, yeah, a lot of us don't even know if we'll ever own a house. Mm -hmm. We'll just probably rent forever. And it's going to be a weird transition. I'm curious if there's going to be less landlords once more and more of it's bought up by larger corporations and just there's going to be like whole renting cities. I mean, multiple blocks of this Eugene are owned by a few places, a few, uh, companies and they just rent it to U of O students that, you know, because the more money you get, the more houses you can buy up. And then you have all this equity. Of course, you can just buy up any house that comes up. Well, it's it's a
1: good analogy for our current financial reality as a nation, It is aside from real estate, you know, the haves and the have nots. How do you keep building the wealthy up into further echelons of wealth? Um, so when you say that are you basing that on uh like commercial spaces that that statement of large sections of properties being owned by one individual
0: uh, I believe it's public knowledge who owns certain places I just remember uh, honestly my mom cause she, my mom owns like 50 rental properties and she was looking 50? up yeah, and she was looking up um places in town she's like it's funny three blocks are owned by the same company
1: But is that town. like homes Or is it like, um, I don't think it
0: was rental. It was like a year or two ago. I don't remember the specifics. I'm also basing off of me putting myself in the space of someone who owns a bunch of land
2: Mm -hmm.
0: in Eugene. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, why wouldn't I just buy more? It's like, you'd get the best loans at the bank. You'd have so much, like you wouldn't even, you know, you, you would have such an easier ability to buy more if you already own 10 or 15 or 20. It just seems like this massive snowball effect. So more even than me saying, oh, what if they're doing this? I'm like, I would do this. Everyone would do this. And then you take in corporations of like millions or billions of dollars. It's like, how are cities not bought completely up already? You know, mm-hmm. like how Corvallis is a relatively small town. It seems like one decent sized corporation could buy every single, every single um, little house in that city.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So it's only a matter of time. It's well, what I'm thinking. And also
1: that just the price tag for a home is unbelievable. We had some clients who wrote an offer on a house on Friendly. Do you guys know Friendly? Like Friendly and 25th, that neighborhood. Yeah. Um, I mean, I grew up here, and so I've got my own biased, kind of deeply rooted perceptions of Eugene and the neighborhoods that are um, fancy, so to speak, and then yeah. the ones that are kind of modest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This neighborhood was more of a modest neighborhood. It's now increased a little bit, but the house listed wow. at five ninety five. Yeah. We had clients offer seven hundred cash. They didn't even come in second. The house wow. sold for eight hundred five. Wow. Yeah. Oh my yeah. 805 for a house on Friendly Street.
0: It went for over 200 out 200 over asking.
2: Yeah.
0: Wow. That's yep. nutty. So, I mean, it's almost like that the first couple <laughs> seasons of that show, like alone where you, they didn't tell whoever won after everyone dropped out. It's like a mind game of how long are you going to stay? Um, one of Freese's friends, Nicole Pellion, who we met, she was like uh, first or second place on season two. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how it'd be for like buying house now. It's like well, I got to put, how much over, over asking am I going to put? And you could be putting 50K over the next person. Oh, yeah. But, but you don't like know mind, because yeah. you can't.
1: Jeez. There was a hilarious video that was uh, going viral. I think it was on Facebook. But it was this one guy who played a few different characters. And it opens with him holding an apple. And he's like, bidding is going to start in 10 seconds. you know. And the, one of the supposed other characters, which is him, he goes, can I just check it out? And he goes, no, you know what it, what it is. Yeah. And then the bidding starts, starts at $5, 10 goes up. And as it's escalating, it's like, is it even worth that? I don't know, but we got to get it. Yeah. <laughs> and the Apple goes for 120 bucks yeah. to someone from California. But it's, it's an example of That's... what is happening where people are in a frenzy. Yeah. You know, so bidding wars have become, as of recent, the... Um, the norm i mean it's starting to slow down thank god
0: yeah what if houses just start to sell on ebay like just let ebay bidding do it all it'd be (laughs) kind of funny no we went on a walk and we met a neighbor who moved down about three blocks that way and they were really friendly they were going around just like picking up nails and stuff they're like yeah we just bought this place we expect to not be able to move into it for like six or eight months because of how like in shambles it kind of was but they were like happy about it i'm like oh my god if i bought a house the anticipation of like okay we're finally have enough money to buy a house and be like you have another pretty much a year till you can move in and be like Especially with contractors and stuff, mm-hmm. like I doubt it'll be like, Oh, look at it, it got finished on time.
1: It's <laughs> always longer and more expensive. Yeah.
0: That's it's funny. That's like exactly what I told him. Like, well, you know, contractors are always trustworthy and give you the best bargain.
1: And it's hard to even get a contractor to come bid yeah. and do work for you these days. Economy. They're booked out. Like one contractor I reached out to, he's booked out till May. So a
0: contractor for your place? Because you don't like have properties, like you wouldn't get work done. It was on for that. a client. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So like houses that are already sold. So what so what all do you do in the real estate space? Cause I just help clients you help either clients. buy or
1: sell. Oh, okay, mm-hmm.
0: so if they're gonna sell it, they'd like fix it up a little bit, make it look mm-hmm. cool and nice. Yeah. That makes a good lot of sense. But anyways, uh, normally I don't have any like pre-planned things to talk about on the show. As you know, you've came on before. Mm-hmm. But you said, hey, I have an idea of something we could potentially talk about, which mm-hmm. was mental health. Is that mm-hmm. something a week later that's still kind of hot on your mind or has that mm-hmm. gone off? Yeah? What, oh, yeah? what brought that up? What's uh,
1: um. It's a long history. So, my sister had suffered from bipolar schizoaffective disorder for 25 years. So, we have, my father and I have always been her massive advocates and fought for her when she's in distress, which distress can be very severe for her homeless, in a full schizophrenic break, all that kind of stuff. So, the process, as painful as it's been, has also led me to understand. Some massive areas in our system that must be fixed. Yeah. So in this recent iteration, Erin just got out of um, a 10-month stay at the state hospital. Got out prematurely, and um, you know, basically digressed within 24 hours. Wow. So we just went through the process of getting her committed again.
0: After 10 months?
1: 10 months, yeah.
0: You think, like, 10 months was still coming out prematurely, and one day later she needed to go back?
1: Yes, because they, they were supposed to release her into a housing uh, situation, which security is critically important. And um, they couldn't find housing, shocker. And then they were going to put her up in a hotel until uh, they could find something. But the trials, the Olympic trials were here, so yeah. everything was basically booked. So she was dropped off at a... Seedy Motel on Highway 99 didn't contact us, which she was supposed to. Anyway, these are all like things that just keep happening over and over and over and over again. So I made a decision this this time around that I um, actually officially stepped off the board at Starbucks, stepped out of Starbucks, stepped off the board at um, EAB, the Entrepreneurial Advisory Board, and decided that chapter of my world was coming to an end. And all that energy, yeah, and I love and those favorite. guys and everything, yeah. but, I'm, but that energy and time that it takes ultimately is now gonna go 100% into fighting to get our mental health system changed. Nice. And uh, yeah, I'm making some pretty, can I swear on this yeah, show? Yeah, of course. Fucking amazing, powerful connections. Nice. Yeah.
0: That makes me really happy to hear.
1: Yeah. Like, mind blowing. And part of it is because when I get on the phone with these people, I'm incredibly passionate and intense about my firsthand experience.
2: Yeah.
1: Whereas a lot of times family members give up on their.
0: How would you not? 25 years is a long. That's longer than I've been alive for perspective. <laughs> yeah. It's like longer than I've been alive. Having like, like, there's always these things that are kind of like, take up some of your headspace. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, we still need to go plant that plant. We need like little things. Mm-hmm. And those wear on me after a week. I couldn't imagine like, oh, there's someone who I love very deeply and mm-hmm. care about who I should or could be spending more time really helping for 25 years, I mean, holy cow, you have a lot of firsthand experience at that point.
1: And unbelievable amounts. Yeah. And I can really point out to where some of our critical um, cracks are. One of them is, so I reached out, you know, Senator Floyd Brzezanski?
0: I don't pay attention to politics, but okay. pretend do I know who he is.
1: Okay, so um, he and Judge Wolkey, Pat Wolkey, wrote a bill to decriminalize mental illness back in 2019. It was a crime? Exactly, so, wow. yeah, so that in and of itself, and it didn't get pushed through, so it went to the floor of the legislative body two years ago, and it just went, I think it got pushed to uh, a different committee. So if you just even look at that term in and of itself, we have to decriminalize mental yeah. illness. Holy like cow. what is wrong with us as yeah. a society? This is flat out wrong. So. I spoke with, uh, with Senator Brzezinski this morning, and, um, because I was really acutely advocating that we don't wait two years to bring this back to the floor. Mm. This, I said, this is, you look around Eugene, like I don't know how long you guys have been here.
0: About three, one month, just about. Eugene? Oh, oh I thought you meant live like right here. Yeah, no, here. Eugene.
1: Oh. How long have you guys been here? Her whole life. Her oh, you, whole okay. life. Yeah. So you grew up here.
0: I wouldn't consider my whole life. I live 20 minutes out of town. Okay. I would be in town once a month.
1: But you're, you've spent your life yeah,
0: in this exposed
1: area. to this town. Yeah. So can you guys, do you agree with me that the state of this town has changed pretty drastically in the last five to ten years?
0: It's literally nutty Walk Like, I don't feel that safe walking downtown at night to the point where I'll walk this block. So this is a very safe block. Mm-hmm. But then you'll see people laying on the street muttering. And then you see them the next day. And the next day, and you're like, let's go can someone come grab this person like, and help them? What's going on here?
1: Yeah, that's pretty recent yeah. in the bigger picture. All the homeless camps, the people walking the streets mm-hmm. who are completely out of their mind, and right. it's only increasing. And if you look at our larger world condition, that's not gonna go away. It's only being compressed, right? Like it's happening more and more. So we, you know, it, it was interesting to me because when I was on the phone this morning, um, he expressed that you know, there are forces that are against decriminalization, which to me is interesting. So I said, OK, who are they? I would love to talk with them because yeah. I would love to understand their position and also share my position, yeah. you know, because there's nothing like having someone you love be in a really bad state and you can't get them help. Like, and you just keep fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting. And then every time it's the same thing over and over again. Did
0: he tell you who the forces were that are against it? So one
1: of them, yes, for sure. And so he told me this guy who runs this um, organization that is called Mind Freedom or something like that. But he said the guy who runs it um, is now in a wheelchair. And at one point, he went through electric shock therapy against his will. And I said, you know, I I, I sympathize with that. I empathize with that, whichever the proper term is. Like, I've been through it. But... As far as my experience goes, you can't even force someone to take pills. So I don't think electric shock therapy is even relevant these days.
2: Yeah.
1: Right. That's an archaic experience. It doesn't exist anymore, at least in our
2: mm-hmm.
1: in our country. That I, you know, maybe somewhere in some backwoods, but. Yeah. Um, so it's fascinating to me that people can get really stuck in their own personal experience, and then, want to restrict. Yeah. Other people's experience massively. You just massively
0: hit it right on the head of pretty much all the problems in the world. Is I'm mm-hmm. some, like, someone like had an experience in their life. Like, cool. Everyone else should follow my rules. And it's mm-hmm. like that's not relevant at all. It, I mean, the definition of like. So I was going to go to physical therapy and like I had a back problem or like a lower back problem. And now when everyone for a, a couple years after when everyone had a, a lower back problem, like oh it's probably nerve flossing or like like nerves being stuck and it never was. And at a certain point I'm like. Oh, not everyone's problem has the same solution as yours or as mine. And that's like something I fully came to, and I'm like, cool. Everyone has it built into the, that when they fix a problem in their own life, they're like, cool, I can fix everyone else's through the exact same thing. It's like, that is not the case. Mm-hmm. But some people are still running that out Have you ever watched Parks and Rec? This is going to be a small joke and maybe out of place, but have you by chance?
1: I only know it because mm-hmm. I love The Office. Yes, and the they're often is compared. As close. being similar types of humor, yeah. but I haven't seen it.
0: Um, the character who plays the main lead of Portlandia was in it, and it's like a meme that's just pretty much everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like, "You you show up to the dentist late, straight to jail. This straight to jail." And it's <laughs> like that's what it is with mental health. You were abused uh-huh. as a child, straight to jail. <laughs> it's like every no matter what happened to you, that was completely against your will, or your neurochemistry is off, or there's so much chemicals being in our food and stuff that you develop some sort of mental problem, and the world's like, "Well, you deserve
1: that." No, I know. The stigma around mental illness is, is horrendous, it's, and that's it's often subconscious, yeah. you know, but people have it. And the like fact is, insanity right there. people didn't choose it. Yeah. You know, it's not like someone went and um, extorted money or stole cars or beat a child. You know, th- th- those are all choice points that supposedly come from a sane state of mind. Mm. If someone is mentally ill, depending on the severity, they don't have a choice.
0: I would say you'd have to be mentally ill to beat a child to be fair okay you know like there, you can go yeah pretty but you, far you, with, you can't be committed well. i
1: mean you could be sent to jail for creating or um committing that crime yeah you know but you if someone just hit a child or beat them more than one hit let's say yeah they wouldn't ever be committed to a state hospital for mental illness yeah for yeah. that act alone they could be sent to jail mm-hmm. but the question of being sane or insane?
0: Yeah, I wouldn't come up.
1: But I do agree with you. They'd like, be off their at, rocker at the to bottom, hit a who kid. Who would
0: choose to say, "Yeah, this is worth going to jail for and hurting a person"? Like, like no rational person with a sound state of mind would commit mo- like a lot of crimes. Like, who would pick a life where you're constantly drawn to doing some action that is exactly against your best interest because you're going to be in jail for and hurt people? It's like I
1: think it comes from a state of uh, desperation.
0: Probably a lot of it, at least. And stuff a lack and of stuff.
1: guidance and security yeah. and family connection and all the stuff that we can take for granted
0: yeah so you have a big task on your shoulders if this mm-hmm. is kind of all-encompassing fixing all this mm-hmm. um how long ago did you start this journey of, of being having that be your north star of leaving starve ups and stuff like that a month ago a month so mm-hmm. it's been a it's been a very recent thing and you're already meeting some and being talking to some good people mm-hmm. congratulations that's awesome did you see um it's so interesting because, like, a lot of people start things in their life because they think eventually this will bring me financial freedom. Mm-hmm. But this seems like something that you couldn't ever possibly monetize. So this is literally uh, almost like a hot or like Altruistic. a... Altruistic. Uh, yeah, it's like yeah. there's something that you're actually kind of going for that just does good.
1: Yeah, but you know what? Also, I mean, Starbucks and e- those board positions and giving that time, Yeah. there was no monetary gain. Wow. I mean, it was just... It meant something to me, you yeah. know? And... uh that's often what, you know, I mean, yeah, I'm glad I did it. And I love everyone that I was connected with over that section of time.
0: Absolutely. I mean, it's funny, as soon as I met Freeze, I was like, I've heard of Starbucks through Katie Brown. He's mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, I love her. And it's like, it's funny that, like, I, I'd had you on the show and I'd talked to you about it, like, two years ago. Mm-hmm. And then I met Freeze and I was like, whoa that's a trip to like hear about something and then it's like well here's the person because we drove over to bend it was kind of a secret that we were going to go like see him and see like the place where cbd is like made and stuff and then i got how to did you him. get
1: the, did who connected you with john
0: uh zubair abasi okay i know zubair yeah he's, and i've met him yeah he's like the most wonderful person in the world i met him one day mm-hmm. and then pretty much every day for the next month we hung out and then his wife and kenzie clicked really well and then um, the spot right next door came open, and everyone was like, Cosmic. this would be perfect. That's it was great. like wild. I have never had something click that fast for me. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, like, Kenzie and I clicked really fast. But in terms of, like, a friendship that will probably like, forever like just be like, oh, yeah, that was a major impact on my life. Mm-hmm. It's nutty how fast you can meet one person, and your life is instantly changed forever. Like, literally, it was like a – I met him, and then the next morning at, like, 6 a.m. And it, for reference, we woke up at 2.30 today. So it is very – rare for me to take a phone call at 6 or 7 a.m. <laughs> uh-huh. And it was him. He's like, hey, do you want to hang out and grab coffee for a minute? I'm like, yeah, sure. And then because I had, I had showed up, he was like, cool. Like, like, not, like, not a lot of people show up in st- stuff, like times like that. And so I don't know. Like, if I'd been sleeping or if I'd accidentally silenced my phone the night before, mm-hmm. literally, like, there's 50 variables that come into yeah. anything. And then if I had done one of those, I wouldn't be living here. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have like i'd work be working with arkamoto i wouldn't have met freeze so many things yeah. that literally one press of a button of just dis- like a snoot like a turn off alarms mm-hmm. you know changed my entire life
1: it's like that sliding doors right did you ever see that uh. i think that's what it's called it's um gwyneth paltrow i think it's probably 15 20 years old but it's a movie that shows two different trajectories and it's based on she's in new york and she comes down to the subway Half of the movie is she makes it, gets on the subway, and mm. what that life is. The other half of the movie is she doesn't make it, the doors close. Yeah. And it's a completely different life.
0: Wow. That would be fun to watch. We're, cool. we're on the hunt for new movies. Always. We've been re-watching 30 Rock, uh, which is coming to an end quickly. There's only so many times you can re-watch a TV show <laughs> in one sitting. We're on the 7th <laughs> or 8th. We've yeah. Yeah. watched
1: the entire series six times.
0: We're we qu- well, we have a, it in the background. Yeah, we have a projector, uh-huh. and yeah. mm-hmm. so we just put it on and then like we're doing stuff around the house It's
1: comforting to you because you're so familiar with it
0: yeah and it's just like background noise it's like a party's going on but you don't have to attend any guests you have company but you don't have to deal with them it's literally the nicest thing i have company i mean we'll we'll fall asleep with it on just like in the background oh nice yeah you guys have fun
1: (laughs) so good to have you here (laughs) so
0: good to have you which is like the essence of having a party is like oh you want everyone to be happy but then you actually host people and you're like oh my god it's Mm -hmm. it's such a thing of like well is everyone like comfortable is everyone happy and it's like That's not really our game anymore or ever because it's just such a thing. And especially with COVID, everyone's just, I swear to God, I almost wanted to like tweet it out on like podcasts were better prior to 2020. But really it's like all of human interaction was better post 20 or pre 2016. Like the world really got political in 2016. Mm -hmm. And then it got even more political in 2020. Mm -hmm. And now it's like every podcast I listen to something political comes up, you know? Mm -hmm. So I'm like, oh my God, like human interaction is degrading because of how much our minds is being just taken up and consumed by Uh, billions of dollars of information propaganda whatever it is being shoved into our minds it's like um i've been using the term like fast food before like fast food of opinions like you Mm -hmm. watch tucker carlson or cnn or whatever it is and it's like they're giving you a happy meal of hey this is a good opinion it's pre-made pre-packaged here's your arguments for it and then people just great thank like thank you you Mm -hmm. know i'm like oh my god this is not good everyone's just eating like mental fast food of opinions yeah on facts so i'm like when you said, "Do you know this person, I'm like, I am doing my absolute best to tune completely out of politics as much as humanly possible. Yeah. It's going okay. So. I have
1: two, nice. actually, since Trump was elected. Honestly, I, I stepped out of the news. Um, but on the flip side of that, like how I met you, well, I didn't meet you this I met you for the podcast, but then you were going to videotape that video because I wanted people to activate vote now themselves to actually get out and vote. Yeah. Right. That is where our power as individuals is most powerful.
0: I would push back on that. I say maybe voting for local politics, but I say local. Absolutely. Local. But like top down change, like you're the president right now. Mm -hmm. Your hands are so tied in so many ways in terms of like. I'm interacting with a two hundred little like person company with Arcimoto, and I realize every time I have like a new idea, I'm like, Oh hey, I think it would benefit the company to do this. I there's like six people that can give me reasons why not to. Imagine you're president of millions of people. Mm-hmm. And how many people would be like, Nope, you can't do this because of this, 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 and this. I'm like, I doubt top down change will ever actually make a difference. I think small local, local. community, yeah. local, 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 communities local. Will change.
1: And that's exactly my point that I was cool. making is that this guy, Senator Floyd Brzeanski, is very local. Nice. So you know, whether it be Peter DeFazio or as the congressman, like when you vote local, mm-hmm. that's what directly affects your community. It
0: really does. Yeah. But no one cares about that. Like, no one's ever politically charged <laughs> like, oh, you're voting for Lucy Venice no. you're not voting for this well, person? Well,
1: sometimes. I've heard they have been. You have I been. have, okay. yes. I've
0: never heard someone who tried never to change have. my mind on local politics. Everyone's always like, you're voting for this president? And I'm like, mm-hmm. who cares at uh-huh. that point? Like, seriously? I don't think especially living in oregon one my vote doesn't matter right. on that scale and two i don't think change will happen that way so like mm-hmm. people are just like so misguiding their energy in terms of wanting to change people's opinion it's funny someone very close to me actually recently uh gave me a pretty like a critique of they're like you sometimes you host right-wing people on your show and you maybe like agree with them too much or don't give them enough pushback and i'm like it's just a, first off it's a weird thing to put like tell someone hey I think I know better than you, political stuff. I'm like, I think everyone's valid. And the number one way to not change someone's mind is to be really argumentative with them. And then it's Mm -hmm. like, anyone who's moderately the right wing who listens will immediately tune them off. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm like, the people who have changed my mind the most is talking to someone who's really passionate about a side and it pushes me the opposite side. Mm -hmm. Like agreeing with people doesn't give them like that much credence. Like the listeners can make up their own minds. And I think hearing someone out can be off-putting it's not like anything that someone says people will be like cool downloading that and that's my opinions now like a lot of people just don't sway their opinions that much so i don't know It was just kind of hot on my mind since that person told me it and i was like like if you're talking to a right-wing person or left-wing person i don't know what your Mm -hmm. political stance is like you're not going to be argumentative the whole time are you i
1: don't find that to be effective right it's just not it's just
0: Mm -hmm. pointless and it's like here's one more human interaction that's going to be degraded because of politics Mm -hmm. it's heartbreaking
1: yeah it's heartbreaking i mean we're dealing with a really divided reality you know very and it's um i don't know i don't know i don't know what the answer is Mm -hmm. other than i can affect my immediate world that is around me the best way i can
0: absolutely and i mean i I guess the whole reason i brought up politics and that is because i think that's honestly leading into a lot of mental health problems Mm -hmm. is so much people are now Two years into a pretty fear-based existence of is the world gonna be around in this long are are, like are people i love gonna die i'm like it's such a thing of people hearing so much information no matter Mm -hmm. what side you're on Mm -hmm. you hear how the world's gonna be destroyed and i'm like my mental health is degrading at this point Mm -hmm. from just listening like a barrage you know i never we don't even have tv Mm -hmm. but just it shows up on social media even if you don't follow any of the accounts your friends start posting it's like Mm -hmm. you can't escape people fear mongering Mm -hmm. existence so I'm like that is almost leading to pretty healthy people just even having an anxiety based Mm -hmm. life you know and that further degrades and then it's like if you're around like your friend your five friend groups a year ago was happy and now your five best friends are all anxious Mm -hmm. that affects you and it's like this massive cascading effect of mental health is not heading in the right direction I know so thank you for doing a change.
1: Well, and so I wanted, you know, when I asked you if we could discuss this, it wasn't from the standpoint of really wanting to necessarily educate people on uh, like the severe situation that I am familiar with. Yeah. But it's really about wanting to draw attention to, you know, there is a stigma around being mentally, I can, you could even say off, right? People are ashamed or embarrassed to say that they're feeling depressed yeah. or full of anxiety or anything that could be perceived as a weakness, when in reality, vulnerability, in my opinion, is one of the biggest gifts we can give one another. So given everything that you just said, you know, about what is happening, um, I just, I, I want to pull the curtain back and really encourage people to feel like all the emotions that you, whoever's listening to this, are having, are natural. That everyone has a huge flux of ups and downs and ins and outs and um, small gestures of being kind and patient with one another go far these days. We have no idea what people are going through and really being able to have compassion and just be mellow. Be
0: yeah, kind. Just chill the fuck out. Absolutely. <laughs> I, it's funny. I'm on uh, scroll six, that book that I handed you a while ago. I don't know mm-hmm. if you ever delved into it. I did. But so have you, did you read way ahead by uh-huh. chance? You haven't? Nope. Um, so chapter, or scroll six is literally, today I'll be the master of my emotions. Like as the flowers bloom and fall, like winter's, like so are your emotions. Like like uh, today's dead flowers will bring tomorrow's uh, bloom. Fresh like, flowers, Like today's yeah. sadness brings tomorrow's joy. It's like kind of like literally completely about this. So it's very funny and cathartic that you come on the show and bring it up probably about a week into me reading this chapter. And yeah. I expected to not really like it. A lot of my life I've been like, you can beat emotions like, and I still kind of believe some level of it. Like you can be less angry. You can be less sad. So why can't you take that all the way to no anger in your life whatsoever and no sadness in your life? I think that it's a very a lofty goal. That sounds a little too, too confining. But
1: really? I do. I think it's a little too confining to ha- like to aspire to have no anger, no, like yeah. no variation of any kinds. Like I've always said, I think anger is a Surface emotion mm. to fear. Oh, yeah. Whether it be fear that, that you're going to be attacked or hurt emotionally. Like, mm. if, I can't think, I've really given this thought. Cool. Can you come up with a scenario where if you expressed anger, it wasn't overriding a sense of fear?
0: I really don't get anger. I, I use anger because anger is the one emotion that I've, for the most part, really gotten rid of. Sadness and all these other ones, I'm like, they're hard.
1: Okay, imagine someone you know yeah. who's gotten angry. Like, come up with a, <laughs> yeah. up with a scenario yeah. in your mind. Yeah, you don't absolutely. have to mention who it was or what it was about, yeah. but then think about it for a second, yeah. and do you think, upon reflection, that that person was actually fearful
2: yeah.
1: of being hurt in some way, physical, mental, emotional, whatever? Probably almost every time. I think almost every time. I have yeah. challenged myself to come up with a scenario where it wouldn't be fear-based.
0: Yeah. I'll have to start thinking on that. Think more. on that and let yeah, me know if you come up with a good one. Point.
1: Yeah. It's funny that's I why I can't I've, come up with one and I've thought about it many times.
0: Cuz that's what, what I think really is the news is um, happy meal is mm-hmm. hey, here's all these things to be afraid of and this is why you should be angry. Mm-hmm. It's like I've always had those two connected but I never realized that uh, anger was based on fear. So fear is like the, the underlying emotion that has Vulnerable, the facade of
1: scary feeling of reality yeah. of being injured in some way.
0: Yeah. But
1: anger is our protective mode to make sure that doesn't happen as best as we can
0: yeah it's funny I' just I just finished reading a book called the Celestine Prophecy Have you read it by chance like
1: 25 years ago Did you <laughs> yeah fun I mean that, that kind of had
0: that in it too about yeah. the different emotional dramas that people have it's like scared people bring up like interrogators or like threatening intimidator mm-hmm. kind of things just to, to not let in but I'm like I don't know at the same point if if your entire friend group was always like you hang out with them and you're having a good day. And like your four closest people are like, yeah, I'm just really sad and disheartened because of this, this, and this. Like sometimes I want to tell people, I'm like, hey, I feel that too. I'm having a really good day. Can you mm-hmm. please not drag me down? Mm-hmm. So it's like this weird middle ground between you don't want to be a person who drags friends down, but you do want to be open and like, like get criticism, you know. Give. So can
1: I share something with you? Yeah. Okay. So someone who's very close in my life, who I've known for a very long time is a serious warrior and focuses on the scary things, the negative, the doomsday. So I finally come to the place and I keep writing this note in my head. Yeah. Because when I share good information with this person, they love it. Like, yeah. like God, I love getting good news. Like they have an actual physical, physiological response. Yeah. So I've been like, I think I'm this close to actually doing it because I don't want to hurt their feelings, but yeah. I want to say this. I want to say, I want you to think about how you feel when I share good news with you Mm -hmm. and just let that sit with them. Mm -hmm. And then I want you to think about how you feel when I share bad news with you because we all have physiological responses. Our nervous system literally reacts, right? So what happens when you're consistently sharing bad news with me? Number one, it's hard for me to have any kind of genuine reaction anymore because I'm hearing the same things. But number two, think about what you're creating with your time with me that negative feeling over and over and over again Yep, it's so so yeah it's hard because then they
0: can feel like oh i can't even talk about it i know you know so how do you build how do you ride that line
1: because that's why i'm saying like my my idea to do that specifically is to start with a question Hmm. that takes them to a state of being Right, So if it's just an accusation, like, you know what? I don't want to hear your negativity. I don't want, you bring me down. Like anything like that is going to put someone on the defensive and feel like shit, right? And just add to their shitty reality. Mm -hmm. But if you pose a question first and have them elicit an actual experience and start with the good, Mm -hmm. like think about how you feel when I share really great news with you and the person's like, I feel excited, like Mm -hmm. I feel good. And then you do the opposite and they feel that too. Okay, well, here's a reality check. When you share shit with me all the time, basically, or eighty percent of the time, we're operating in that negative space—the one that I just took you to after the good space. Yeah. So, to me, it seems like pointing out that there is a choice.
2: There is. Right? Like if you're,
1: sh- yeah, if you're in a really bad, bad state, mm-hmm. I'm always here for you as a friend. Yeah. You can always talk to me. but Let's look at chronic.
0: Mm-hmm. that's what I always say. It's like if someone has a bad day, it's like everyone has bad days, but it's like the consistent, like, Mm -hmm. honestly, it sounds like your friend's halfway to the good side because the people who are really, like, pretty far gone, it's like you tell them good news and they find the bad in it. Or you tell them good personal news and they're envious or jealous, like they think you somehow took an opportunity from them. Like, there's a lot of people out there who it's like eventually, like, they aren't happy for their friends or they even if you tell them like yeah this happened they're like yeah but what's the downside it's like so many people Mm -hmm. it's don't even like hearing the good news either it's like they they almost dissect it for any negative they can find in it yeah and I'm like what's going on so like so many people more and more I've had to like slowly just start it's like a a sliding scale of how much time I want to spend around them depending on like how much they're trying to make me live in that fear and anxiety based or I'm like "Ah, this is not good you know because if I fall into it then everyone like it is such a cascading effect of if Kenzie or i is feeling negative that day and then boom the other one and then boom the friends and it's like we have like i don't even know how you start just such a cultural shift of let's all be but it can't be like a fake happy because like you're really happy you're in your house everything's going well you cleaned up you're eating healthy and then again you walk down the street and you see someone muttering to themselves you see it's like Mm -hmm. it like jars you out of it where it's like is it worth being like mostly happy and seeing the bright side of life or are you just almost having like a blindsidedness about you where you're not accepting like oh no like being sad isn't more productive though like how do we fix the world it's such a big task i don't know how you're thinking about it oh, like like how you pivoted your life to, to having that be your focus it seems like it'd be so overwhelmingly disheartening to look every day into the void of look at all the look at mental health problems but what am i gonna do what are you gonna do not yeah
1: i mean i you know, but what I was going to say is that I have I have sp- I've become more acutely aware of my tendency to be, and I know you do this too, because in our exchanges you convey this same sentiment, which is positivity, uplifting information, not from a Pollyanna standpoint, yeah. but really just like spreading goodness and happiness and yeah. uplifting vibes, helps, and it comes through. Yeah, and you know I. I do that, too. I use a lot of hearts and exclamation points and, like, right on, fuck yes. Like, that's actually programmed into my phone because I (laughs) validate. I love that. Yeah, I use it a lot. So uh, my boyfriend programmed FY, and then it comes up all caps, fuck yes, with four exclamation points. Exclamation points. I love it. So, yeah. the Like, there's something about our species in this current iteration that I find that we're he- people are often hesitant to exude support and love and uplifting Absolutely. sentiments. It's like, it's almost like if I give it away, I won't have it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: The reality is the opposite. Yeah. You spread it, you create it, it grows, it comes back, you spread it, create it. You know, it's like an absolute infinity sign. Of energy that just goes in every direction. It
0: truly is. It's funny. Someone even uh, it was like a while ago, it was like six months ago now. Because like even when I text like my male friends, I use like hearts and like stuff like that. And one of them messages I'm like, you're like the only guy friend I know who texts using hearts and stuff. So, like it's actually really refreshing. I'm like, mm-hmm. I bet. Like it's yeah. like this weird thing where it's like, well, are all text messages supposed to be like period? I know. Period. Period question. Mark. You're
1: so fucking boring. It's like, come on. <laughs> I'm like, I am uh-huh. I was hesitant
0: at first, but I'm such a big fan of emojis now because it's like, oh, I can just sprinkle a little love and happiness in a
1: text. Fuck yeah. Yeah. I have to pull back because I go kind of crazy. Yeah. And I you know, but I'm like sometimes I'm like, who cares? Yeah. Like if I give it's you free. fourteen flowers and a couple hearts and a thumbs oh, I up. I love that. I love yeah. that when people tell It doesn't like cost it. anything. Oh, you should see. Okay, I'm gonna show you guys <laughs> my birth this is what I do to anyone that I know who has a birthday. Um this Person had one recently, so let me just show this to you. And I love it every time I do this. Um, so whoever I'm is potentially on my birthday now, yeah, okay,
0: July 7th, put it in your calendars, everyone.
1: <laughs> so this is a different version, but like I just send
0: oh, it's a brick of emojis. I send a
1: brick of emojis that can yeah. be all kinds of like colors, and in the middle, I just say happy birthday in the name, all in caps. Nice. I like it, but it's like when the person gets it, it's like this oh, yeah, hit of. Beauty, flowers, planets, suns, little yeah. turtles. Do you, put whatever. Bir-
0: do you put birthdays in your calendar, repeating the year? Or do you remember them? Steel it's trap. Just if
1: I remember. No, I'm not a steel trap. Oh, but if I'm, if I remember, I'm. Anytime happy.
0: someone tells me their birthday, I put it in my Google calendar with mm-hmm. a repeating one year, so it comes up. So I'm good like, good for
1: you. It's,
0: it's a, that's a life You're hack a planner. for people out there, because then it's like cool. Like I mean, literally friends from like ten years ago, from like high school or whatever, that that's I don't awesome. see anymore. I'm like, cool, I can text them because ten years ago I added it to my calendar.
1: Okay, so I'm if it's in my helpful. calendar, I can just go open it up and hit repeat, repeat, and once then... a year. Okay,
0: definitely, yeah, and it just okay. keeps coming up. I know it's been a massive help because otherwise it's like I will forget your. Yeah, brain. I'm gonna oh, forget everyone. Great,
1: great trick. Yeah, life hack. Thank baby. you for <laughs> sharing that. <laughs> but yes, and
0: the other life hack is just texting people happiness emojis. Mm-hmm. Big life hack. Oh yeah. Yeah, and would you say from from two years ago? Because we're about two years into this pandemic, mm-hmm. horrifically. Um, do, would you say your personal mental health is like degraded or have you stayed like flat stagnant or has it increased and if so like what's com- what's what factors are played into maintain your increasing your happiness uh, regardless of the fact that the world seems to overwhelmingly kind of being going downhill
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know what's your life hacks in terms of mental health or anything
1: hot yoga really mm-hmm.
0: not what I was expecting I like one. it yeah. yeah do you just like turn a Crank up your heater in your house and do it at home?
1: Nope, I go to the studio. Nice. Yeah, I mean, so it's ebbed and flowed since COVID has hit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, when COVID hit, I was going five days a week. Whew. Then that stopped, abru- stopped abruptly. Yeah. And that was a massive lifeline that dried up until it reopened and then it went through the, you know, masks, six people in the class. Oh, hot yoga with a mask would be rough. It's so hard. Yeah, yeah. So, so then, want, so sure. then we had like, Expanded into, like fairly recently, being open and no masks for quite a while now. And then it was just, reiter- you know, wow. when we had this new thing. So, yeah, I'm now used to hot yoga with a mask again, which is hard. But it's also a good mental exercise. Because what feels like there's no way I can get over this obstacle,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you just get over it. Nice. You do it. Yeah. So hot yoga is a main one. Um, yeah, I'll I would try say. to try this sometime.
0: That will be fun. It's the best what's it? the temperature is like 105 or something
1: like 98 98 sounds like
0: we can just do that in here we'll just or like in another room we'll just put yeah, a really heater no. on second I'm like, story because i was like oh if it's like one honestly it gets that hot in here we have an ac because mm-hmm. second story in the summer is not a fun time without no. ac so we'll just leave the 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 ac off we'll turn a heater on get it up to 99 we'll yeah. do it at home
1: yeah awesome. the key is i mean because i tried doing that when covid hit uh. like watching videos
0: yeah not the same no Oh, interesting. Like being in a with other people. Having oh, yeah, an instructor. Yeah, having an
1: instructor who takes you through like a solid hour of working out in a hot room. For me, mm-hmm. I gotta be with an instructor. I can't, if I'm by myself, I'm like, oh, I should go do, there's so many things I could go do instead of doing yoga.
2: That true, I can't and same with myself.
1: meditating
0: and all these yes, different things. As yeah. soon as you sit down and do it, it just reminds you of all the things you should be doing. Yep. it's like, geez, is this an infinite to-do list? Or should I like eventually just block it off and say, no, this time's not for doing things? Mm -hmm. And then, but you'll be spending, or at least I will be spending time on a phone, like social media or Reddit or TikTok or whatever it is. is, And I won't feel the need to go do something. I know. I know. It's like so opposite of what it should be. I know. But you're going to say TikTok, which is just negative. Social media, I think, is just kind of a... Another catalyst for negative mental health. Yes. I have two
1: kids. My daughter is 18 and I have watched... It's social media through her eyes, and how much they're on the phone and doing TikTok videos, and I don't know. I just don't think it's adding anything to these kids' lives.
0: Yeah, I think it's not TikTok, especially because okay. So I was I used to watch YouTube, and I'd watch 20-minute videos: how to uh, edit audio, how to make your own kombucha cool stuff <laughs> yeah, or like yeah. hey let's dissect this album for 20 minutes right and now i'm literally scrolling through youtube looking for videos that are less than a minute
1: right because you don't want to don't want, engage in yeah. the attention span
0: yeah so i'm like holy cow tiktok's destroyed my attention span yeah based on just my youtube viewing habits and that's why i'm right. like so i'm doing the show on youtube now um and so i'm specifically like i haven't posted it anywhere mm-hmm. i'm seeing if youtube ever picks it up and then as i was scrolling through youtube i'm like who the fuck's gonna click on an hour long video? So I'm gonna be cutting like one minute clips out of every show and just post a ton of those with really good keywords. And that'll be like the thing that kind of drives it. Because I realized, I'm like, people want something that's about a minute long.
1: Yeah, but you know what? I mean, I have to challenge that a little bit. I know there's a massive argument for that being the truth, but look at Joe Rogan has three hour podcasts. Crazy. Yeah. So that to me is astonishing me too you're gonna sit in a room and he does it consistently over and over and over, over again and over. three hours just sit and shoot the shit yep so and he's one of the top podcast people period
2: absolutely so
1: that's a good sign yeah people can tolerate three hours maybe they break it up a little bit but yeah. i think that's a good sign
0: i've listened th- to most episodes of the show yeah people like sometimes are like oh this show's not that good i'm like He's the best purely because I run one hour shows, and at the end, I'm like, I need to pee. I'm hungry. I assume the guest does too. I'm kind of like tired. Uh And I'm like, I couldn't imagine doing a three hour show Mm -hmm. 1,600 times. I'm like, just the the raw numbers of how much he's been able to sit down and talk with someone is astounding to me. The quality is pretty good, but even if the quality was bad, it was like, that's still impressive.
1: Did you ever hear the one with Sturgill Simpson?
0: No. Or Do you know him? Is he a musician? Yeah. Then maybe I have listened to he's it. He's so good. Yeah? Yeah. Fun. I, I would not have pegged you as someone who listens to Joe Rogan's show. Do you listen to podcasts? Often? My boyfriend does. Nice. He listens
1: to them. So I hear him peripherally a little bit. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> that's, that's me that's, I, too. Yeah, I couldn't Kenzie. sit there
1: and, and listen to it, but we were actually painting a house recently and we compromised and he put <laughs> on Joe Rogan and it was Sturgill Simpson because so cool. we were actually listening to him on the way out there. So he's like, i put that on show like this. And yeah, it was great. It was like storytelling, you know. And I just kind of zoned out and did my thing. Um, yeah, I it was it was it's like nice it was like eavesdropping on someone's conversation. It is. It's surprisingly
0: <laughs> just relaxing. It's like yeah. It's like all the benefits of like watching a TV show, but it's new. It's real people, mm-hmm. and it's like cool. Like I can have my own thoughts, but like if I ever get like bored, I can kind of just like tune into what they're saying and then mm-hmm. go back. I'm like, there's something about it that over the past couple of years so many there were some like months where i'd listen for like eight hours ten hours a day just to podcasts
1: and would you focus like solely on listening to the podcast like i wouldn't
0: be sitting like meditating okay. like i'd be going around like gardening but i'm like holy cow and that's why yeah. i started the show because i'm like this brings so much value and happiness and information yeah. in my life that i'm like that's what i'm gonna do and here i am two years this is the longest i've ever stuck to like a hobby like when i mm-hmm. wrote or when i made music or anything it was like one year later i'm like i hate that <laughs> you know i barely made it through college uh-huh. that was maybe the longest of four years but this is the one that a year or two years later i'm like i love that you mm-hmm. know because again uh, the last guest or two guests go was robert killen he's the director of small business in lane county mm-hmm. and i kind of just referred to this almost as like verbal batting cages or like just like learning how to talk to people because i'm like it's just not there anymore like even close friends i just don't talk to anymore mm-hmm. especially with covid like everyone's so de- like one friend group people can be so radically different on how they want to hang out or what their risk tolerance I is know. and it's like it's like a mental minefield trying to plan with people now I know. where it's like yeah. yeah our it's just i'm sorry to even bring it back to something negative <laughs> but i'm like man we are deteriorating our person-to-person interactions mm-hmm. that would be my number one thing to fight against mental health is people need some level of community i mean we've said yeah. it before but like. Old folks' homes are filled up with old white people. Mm-hmm. It's like a lot of other communities care for their for their family members. We don't even care for our family members, much less our friend group. So it's I like know. that would be a massive thing to build back and ban TikTok. I'm kidding. That's my job. That's what I do for Arkimoto right now. Is I make TikToks funny enough. Really. What is the the poison for many <laughs> is the cure for me. <laughs> it's hilarious, isn't it?
1: So how do you do that?
0: I. Uh, tried getting rentals and stuff like that and they're all booked up so every rentals time I for what? like so they have a uh, FUV rentals, like those three-wheel electric yeah. vehicles they have them for like the public to use And I'm like cool I'll go use one of those mm-hmm. but every time I want to make a TikTok, I literally have to go to the CEO of the company and be like hey can I use your personal vehicle mm-hmm. so I just go take that and then Kenzie and I go out or I show a friend it or something and then I just film it post a 10 second to one minute long video and boom it's a really fun job I gotta say cuz I'm riding around vehicles
1: So their rentals are all um, booked?
0: Booked to the gills.
1: Why don't they just provide more? They just haven't built enough to do that?
0: Yeah, who knows? I mean, the nitty gritty is something that I'm like, you know, I don't care about personally because I (laughs) Mm -hmm. can't really affect it. But I'm like, man, it'd be pretty cool if I could have like different colors and they're like all awesome. But it's just, again, like that's what I'm talking about with like larger politics is in order for me to like pursue that, Mm -hmm. it's just convincing like a list of 12 people that it's beneficial. For the company, for me to do that, so I'm like, man, if you were a politician, you'd have to convince
1: (laughs) oh my god, a thousand people
0: that it'd be beneficial for a million people for you to Mm -hmm. do that, and it's like, man, there's something about just everyone approaching something with like a devil's advocate or like, well, why is this not right or why Mm -hmm. do like people don't want to uplift and help each other as Mm -hmm. much as like should be happening in a community? It's because our community isn't really a community. It's like a bunch of people with radically different belief systems and, and political beliefs and ways of living that are all like homogenized together. And it's just, there's so much infighting that it's like, man, it'd be so cool if like like super utopian, if everyone like, if a new religion or a new political thing came out where everyone could kind of like latch onto and be like, yeah, that brings up a lot of good ideas. It'd be so cool if we were all in alignment in our values and belief systems. Mm-hmm. I think it would reduce a lot of the perfunctory of have to convince everyone or always arguing with friends and stuff like that. I mean,
1: well, I think the key there in what you just said is the idea of like a new, you said, uh, religious or political, which yeah. are the two like.
0: What's the difference? Serious <laughs>
1: hot buttons, right? Yeah. If you really want to start an, a potential argument with someone is bring up politics or religion. Yeah. And, um, you know, my question is that fundamentally we all need clean air and okay. clean water
2: mm-hmm.
1: and access to food. Ideally, shelter. Ideally, someone to love and someone to love us back. Right? That's where we start. Yeah. Right? We become not clear on focusing on those basic fundamentals.
0: Very unclear.
1: Ununified. Yeah. So instead of it being politics or religion, how do we find our unifying facets, our forces, our needs, and recognizing we're all just people? Yeah. Everyone is just a person, if you're talking about the human species, not animals and plants and all the other critical elements of our biodiverse reality. Um, it'd be funny people.
0: if you were running for president and hearing like, right-wing media be like, this girl wants clean air and water. She's trying to take away jobs yeah, by, by <laughs> screwing over Nestle. Can you believe right. her? And then like, <laughs> left-wing people would be like, she doesn't care about, you know, like, like, mm-hmm. she, you know, it'd be like, they would still find a way to make whatever, like, if you're literally like, okay, don't care about anything, be very anarchist about it go down to state rights but at a a federal level it'll be all about clean air water shelter preserving land for food and stuff like they would still find ways to make it controversial what you're saying it's like it's been this almost like there's the people say military industrial complex there's almost like an information industrial Mm contact complex that's like how many people with like ivy league degrees their full-time job is literally to be like how can we make this video so both sides are simultaneously right? It'll give them something to argue about for like a month. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it, it's absurd to me that this is like a business is to make people fight with each other. Mm-hmm. It's like put those people out of business. That would be the most beneficial thing you could do for mental health, uh, community growing, politics and everything. Is just your job can't be to give people opinions anymore.
1: That's what what I'm On, on the news channels? Yeah. Yeah, no more, it has no become – you look back at at news, at delivery of news back like when uh, Walter Cronkite – Walter Cronkite, you know, the most
0: trusted man or in Or even
1: Dan Rather, uh, Peter Jennings, um, Diane Sawyer. There was a whole different air about their delivery, right, of information. It was, this is the news story. I'm sharing it with you, the public. Now we're going to move on. There was no sensationalistic – Um, drama infused aspect of injecting their personal opinion to stir the pot get everyone riled up fighting that is now our largely speaking our news oh yeah system
0: i joke about it politics has become a mix between sports because you have your team Mm -hmm. and you get like you like getting riled up about it and religion because it's like well that's your belief system so you get your belief system and your team in one now Mm -hmm. in terms of your political views and i'm like How do you destroy that? I mean, um, humans have been fighting for a long time to be like, hey, maybe we should move away from some aspects of religion. And people don't do that with sports. But I think sports has some negative aspects to it. It has a lot of positives, as does religion. But I'm like, politics takes the negative of both of them more than anything. (laughs) Because, like, I have friends who are, like, devoutly left wing and devoutly right wing. And I know for a fact that if they went to their friend groups and they're like, actually, I think I'm on the other side about this one topic. Like mm-hmm. you can have, you oh, can match, an earful. you'd get an earful. You could yeah. match um, your entire side, political side, friend group with a hundred things. Mm-hmm. And then you have one opposing belief and you're out. Mm-hmm. Or they're like, oh, that person's right wing now. That person's left wing now. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it's a weird all or nothing mm-hmm. that I think is a massive thing. Like we should just more tolerant of each other at the end of the day but like seriously like we should not care about other people's opinions it's like Mm -hmm. me that my vote if that's a crime or like you think someone's doing negative to the to the humanity by voting a certain way or having a certain belief system like there's actual violence going on that's negative to humanity literally just someone's belief system is their sovereign will and by you like saying like they're wrong about that you're just telling other people i'm smarter than you i know the facts let me make a decision for you i'm like We all need to respect each other's decision-making abilities more than anything these days. Mm -hmm. Everyone's just, it's the most classic thing, trying to like live other people's lives for them. Mm -hmm. Leads us down horrible paths. Mm -hmm. That'd be the number one thing I'm against these days. Mm -hmm. But anyway, what's on your horizon on your mental health, um, you know, purview of kind of what you're working toward? You're one month in, in like one, two, three years in, what are you hoping to have accomplished or what what avenues do you hope to go down?
1: I'm hoping that next summer the bill does get put back on the legislative floor to decriminalize mental health.
0: What would that do? What would the nitty gritty of, because I've heard people say decriminalize homelessness or uh, make homeless a protected class. So when they apply for jobs, it's like you can't ask what's your address, like all these different things, Mm because then you're homeless and you finally get a foothold and all these things about being homeless fight against you. So what is Mm -hmm. it with decriminalizing mental health? Like what does that mean to dissect it?
1: Uh, So someone can be arrested for behavior or actions Hmm. that are based, I hesitate to say purely, but really purely in the fact that they're mentally unstable, you know? So um, the idea of someone, I can speak to my sister because it is my firsthand experience. It's not hearsay and I'm not pontificating about something I don't fully understand. I've seen it happen, I've experienced it. So if my sister is in a full schizophrenic break, And she's on the streets and she's so upset that our planet is being destroyed by mankind. And she sees the cars and she hates the cars, so she throws a rock at a car. Mm -hmm. Then she gets arrested for civil disobedience and can sit in a jail cell for weeks, right? And then get transferred to the state hospital, potentially, or get released. So that situation, if, you, if you're a police officer and you respond to a call for someone who's thrown a rock at a car or a construction site, then if you assess the person that they've got, they've got a history in the records, um, there should be zero chance this person's gonna be taken to a jail cell and, going, and go through the justice system as a criminal, mm-hmm. right, to eventually be um, not deemed, but recognized as someone who needs mental health uh, treatment. They need help. They need help, but but the process they go through is so damaging and inhumane.
2: Yeah.
1: Right. I mean, my sister sat in a jail cell in Springfield for four and a half weeks. I mean, try to fathom that for a second. What would oh, that be like to sit yeah. in a room half this size? That's a jail cell. For and you're schizophrenic, a yeah. and you're just you get out for your food like.
0: What are we doing? Torturing people. That is torture, absolute torture. Holy cow.
1: So when you stop and think about it, but people don't really think about it unless it directly affects you. Yep. It's out of sight, out of mind. So decriminalizing mental illness Mm -hmm. is one of the top ones. The other one is um, lowering the bar for what it is to be civilly committed. So to be committed against your will, right? Mm -hmm. So like my sister being too sick to understand she needs help, we have to step in and say she needs to be hospitalized but that impedes impair, that on her civil rights.
0: It's a slippery slope of telling It is the, a slippery yeah.
1: slope. But when you have someone who is as sick as my sister, yeah. who has a long history of it, it's not – there's zero risk that we are family members who just want to lock her up because
0: – You are, but other family members.
1: No, I know, but yeah. you, there needs to be a clearer
0: a differentiation clearer. about like what is – Who sets that line. I think that's a very important thing that should happen like, uh-huh. man, that's a lot of pressure to be like, well, this person is bad enough, but it's like, what if it's this person's like, oh, that gets tricky.
1: It does get tricky. Yeah. But it needs to be addressed. Yeah, absolutely. Because the absolute horror and suffering that goes on because the bar is like insanely high mm-hmm. is flat out wrong. Yeah. So that's what I want to get changed. And that's going to take some, you know, negotiating and discussions and serious hardcore pressure.
0: Wouldn't be surprised if you were a politician in a while, actually, like, on the front lines of making this change. But if I were to really look at a crystal ball, going purely off the first thing you said in terms of decriminalizing and why, have you ever heard the free will argument by, like, Sam Harris and all these people of, like, Mm -hmm. why we don't have free will? Mm -hmm. I'd almost guess that in five years, you'll be pushing more for, like, prison reform than anything. Because, like, uh, one of the most popular examples is, like, someone went up and, like, murdered 36 people um, and then killed himself but like, he had a note with him mm-hmm. that said, like, hey, could you do an autopsy of me? And he had a brain tumor growing and pushing around his amygdala or whatever, this, mm-hmm. the fear center of his brain or whatever it was. And it's like you could almost make a pretty good excuse or rationale that almost anyone who commits these crimes, unless it's like I'm robbing someone to feed my family, like that makes logical sense. But like a lot of these like weird crimes, it's like, why would someone do this or why would someone do that? It's like they're not making it because they're mentally well. Like almost all help. criminals I agree. have something going on in their brain.
1: And I I think our prison system is horrific. I just can't take that on right now because the mental health thing is massive in and of itself. But yeah, I mean, they're very connected. They are very connected. Absolutely. And it's, you know, if you look at the quote unquote prison system in Norway, if you have a criminal, they're sent to like an island where they have their, I mean, you can't leave, right? So in in a sense, you are imprisoned. Mm -hmm. But it's it is literally about rehabilitation nice. right our prison system is about completely breaking oh, nice people man. down yeah and then what we want to release them into society when we've completely <laughs> fucked them and broken them down and taken yeah. all sense of pride really
0: yeah and right. it makes it harder for them to get a job because all of it ever, yeah, if you have if you're a felon you can't vote <laughs> yeah.
1: right and it's oh uh, yeah anyway yeah there are a lot of things that need to be I like that you have the
0: energy to to fight it and and do the cause. I mean, I barely have enough energy to make changes in my own life. So (laughs) I aspire to be like you eventually where I'm like, I have the energy to make larger world changes because it astounds me that people like can do that. I'm like, holy cow, I'm like doing my best to keep my own life afloat, much less like take on a massive reforming mental health. I mean, that is probably the biggest thing that could change humanity. Other
1: than, you're right, prison system that is, I'd yeah. say, neck and neck, Yeah. you know, really because we've, pri- yeah, we've privatized the prison system and it's like, yeah.
0: Yeah. I think only like 4% of prisons are private, but the bigger problem is that the, I heard it, I need to look it up actually, I heard it a couple of days ago, that there's more prisons in the U.S. than there are colleges. And I'm like, well, that's Ooh. the problem in and of itself. What's going on there? Well, our
1: incarceration rate is higher than anyone in the world. Astounding. Yeah.
0: Astounding, like, yeah
1: and it is because it's a money machine yeah not because we want to really uh like mitigate crime or anything it's money 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 it's a crime
0: (laughs) yes thank you very much for coming on the show do you have anything you want to promote or like do you want people to follow you on twitter any of that stuff no cool
1: just be nicer to people just be nice to people Cool. love it thank you very
0: much katie brown thank you all right take care
1: Awesome, good job guys.